Awesome. Well, we're going to get straight into it. I only have a small amount of time because we've got five baptisms, I think. Is it five? That's awesome, eh? Five people decided to get baptised. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Luke chapter 7, verse 18 to 35. I'm reading from the NLT as well. Bear with me. It's a very long piece of scripture. Cool. It's titled Jesus and John the Baptist. So bear with me. The disciples of John, sorry, the disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything Jesus was doing. So John called for two of his disciples and he sent them to the Lord to ask him, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. Then he told John's disciples, this is Jesus talking, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. After John's disciples left, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed, swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, People who wear beautiful clothes and live in luxury are found in palaces. Where you, where you, were you looking for a prophet, sorry? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you, I tell you of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to read anymore because I'm going to preach from that little bit of passage. And so we've got John the Baptist here basically asking two of his disciples, two of his mates, to go to Jesus and ask, are you the Messiah we've been looking for, we've been expecting, or do we need to find somebody else? And... Jesus then tells them a piece of scripture actually from Isaiah and Jesus being Jesus. Who knows that Jesus doesn't answer questions like in a real simple form? Like this just doesn't, he doesn't do it. He always has to have some fancy ass way to say it. And so here's Jesus saying, go back to John and tell him what you've seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him God blesses those who do not turn away from him. Surely John knew who Jesus was. Actually, they go all the way back, and they're actually cousins. So here's John asking his disciples, can you go and just find out if Jesus is the Messiah? Surely he would have known. They've grown up together. And think about this. If I go up to Kathan, all right, don't, don't, like, don't think of what I'm saying here in, in a literal term. 
I'm Jesus. That's a story. That's a story, guys. I'm not actually Jesus. But I'm Jesus in this situation. Cathan is John the Baptist. Who knows that John the Baptist baptized Jesus? Yeah? So, here, I'm coming to John the Baptist. He baptizes me. What happens? The heavens open. The Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. And then we hear a big booming voice going, this is my dearly loved, beloved son who I'm so well pleased. If John doesn't believe that I'm the Messiah, then he's nuts. Because that doesn't happen every day where you hear a big booming voice from the sky and the heavens open up. So surely John knew who Jesus was. We read that John's sending his disciples to find out if he's the Messiah, but surely he already knew And so you would have heard Jan this morning speak about how her personal opinion was that John actually knew that Jesus was the Messiah, but but John wanted his disciples, his mates, to have a personal revelation and encounter of Jesus for themselves. That's what I'm preaching from as well. I am fully convinced. What did Tim say? Is anyone from North here? Did, Did he preach well this morning? There we go. You've you got some reassurance. He preached the opposite spectrum, though, which is good. We get to hear different sides of the story. And so I'm fully convinced that John the Baptist completely knew that Jesus was the Messiah. He didn't even have to ask. But I believe that just like I've got Muller and Kathan here who are my mates, I would send them to go and see Jesus so that they could have a personal revelation and encounter for Jesus themselves. That's what I believe. And so we actually, it's vital as Christians that we have a personal encounter, a personal revelation of Jesus for ourselves. It's vital as Christians. So in Luke chapter 4 from 14 to 21, it's, uh, Jesus just returns from the wilderness and he says this. He went as usual to the synagogue, to the temple, and he pulled out a scroll from Isaiah the prophet And so he started reading it, saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he Uh, Then he began to speak to them. The scriptures you have just heard have been fulfilled this very day. So Jesus, and again, again, didn't have to say, oh yeah, hey guys, I'm the Messiah, by the way. No, he has to use some big fancy scripture to say it. But I believe that John would have heard of that. If not, he would have witnessed it with his own eyes. He would have seen that. So I don't think there's any, any... Part of that where I believe that John doesn't know that he's the Messiah. I'm fully convinced that he is. That Sorry, that he believes that he is the Messiah. I want to ask you some questions. So John knows that Jesus is the Messiah. And he's sending his disciples to get a revelation for themselves. Ask these questions to yourself. Who is God to you? Have a think about it. Who is God to you? Is he the Lord of all? Is he the Messiah? Is God the Father, the God who loves you so much that he sent his son to 
have a torturous death for you? To be murdered for you? Is Jesus the one who is so passionate about you and your intimate connection with God, the Father, that he did willingly come and die for you? Is Holy Spirit the one who comforts you, who loves you through wrong and right, who wants to be there for you all the time, who gives you power? Is that who Holy Spirit is to you? Maybe you're even in here and you're going, Jay, God's nothing to me. I don't know who this Jesus guy is who you're talking about. Well, he knows all about you. He knows all about each one of us. It's so beautiful. You know, if you were the only person on earth, he still would have come and died for you. That's a beautiful thought. We can often talk about how our identity, you know, who we are, you know, if we know who we are, we're good if we know who we are in God, but actually we can still be shaken if we don't know who God is. We need to know who God is. That's a big part of our foundation uh, as Christians. And not only that, we actually have to know what God has done. You know, what if I told you that the value of something is determined by how much you paid for it? So the cross, Jesus paying for our sins, that's how much we are worth. That's our value. That's big. That's huge. Jesus died for you and that's how much you're worth. We need to determine our value by that. I I say this a lot and my friends will know it a lot. You know the song how it goes, And I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. Oh man, it it does bug me. Mum knows that. (laughs) Yeah, she looks at me every time the song comes on. Because it is beautiful, But I like to sing it like this, and I'll never know, and I need to know, I need to know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. We need to know how much it costs, because that's where our value comes from. We need to know how much it costs on the cross, because then we'll know our value. We need to know our value. We need to know our identity. We need to have a personal encounter for ourselves just as John was sending his disciples. We can't rely on other people's encounters. I can't rely on my parents' encounters. I can't even rely on my grandparents' encounters or revelations. I have to have my own. We have to have our own encounters. A lot of you in here will know my testimony. And it basically goes like this if you don't. I grew up in the church. I loved God. I served God. It's been my whole life. My parents have been pastors most of my life. But I'd never have had an encounter that shifted me properly. I knew about God and I loved God, but I actually didn't know God. And I didn't have that personal encounter for myself. And then my dad took me to India. And what happened was we were in line while people were coming to pray. Or they want to pray for my dad. And so what happened were two ladies started walking up and dad goes, you're praying for the next person. I'd never prayed for anyone in my life to be healed, so that was terrifying. And then we come up, and it's not a sore finger, it's not like a sore foot or something like that. It's someone who's deaf and mute. They can't hear, they can't speak. That is terrifying if you've never prayed for anyone. Like, seriously, can it please be a sore finger? And so then what happens is I pray. I pray a pretty good prayer, actually, I think. I'll tell you why I thought it was good. Because I copied my dad's prayer. 
And and not only that, but I didn't pray for her mouth or her tongue, or her mouth, her mouth, her tongue or her ears, because she was deaf and mute. I prayed for her leg, because I pr- copied my dad's prayer. But anyway, that was my first personal encounter. Because 15 minutes, we see that lady speaking and hearing for the first time ever. So that changes someone, right? You can't walk away from that the same. You don't. You'd never forget that thing, man. And I've seen so many people healed since that. And so that was where my personal pursuit for God came uh, came from because I started pursuing Him because I realized how much He loves that lady, first of all, to be able to heal her. But not only that, how much He loves me, how much He loves the people around me, and how much He loves you, how much He loves everybody the price that he paid on the cross, that's where my pursuit came and I started to become hungry to let everybody know that. In fact, we actually get to be a part of people's encounters with God. That's cool, eh? I'll give you an example. This afternoon, actually, I was on the way home from church and I thought, oh, let me get some sushi for lunch because sushi's from heaven and it's beautiful. Yes and amen. And what happened was there was a homeless man outside the sushi shop and there were a couple of people that walked past and they full on F off and everything to the homeless man. It was horrible. And so I walked up to him and I said, hey man, can I buy you some lunch? And he goes, yes, please, yes, please. So I took him into the bakery and I said, get anything you want, bro. So he got a few, few, pieces, a few slices and a pie and a drink and he had to pick the most expensive ones out of all of them far out. No, guys, no, guys. I, I wanted to do it. But basically what happened was at the counter, I paid for it, and I turned around to give the this, this stuff to him, and he's standing there absolutely shell-shocked. He doesn't know what just went on. He had his hand out to shake my hand, and I shook his hand, and he looks at me, and he goes, why? And so I got to preach the gospel to him. I got to tell him that God so loves you God so loves people that he gave, John 3.16. So as Christians, we should give. Hey man, it's because God so loved that he gave, so I need to give. I need to model off my God. And he was completely touched. He had an encounter with God, not through prayer, not through worship, but I got to be a part of that. God used me as the instrument of an encounter. And I bet you that guy's going to be going right now, what just happened? What just happened? Is there really a God that loves me that much? Is there really a God? I even got to share with him, hey, just realise, bro, it wasn't me who gave you that food, it was God. We've been learning from the money series recently. God's our provider. A tithe, 10%, that's going back to God. I believe all my finances that I I get, that's from God. He gets to choose what to do with them. And I get to bless people with that. I get to be a part of people's encounters. And so, church, I really encourage you, find opportunities to be a part of people's encounters. Yeah? Should we pray? Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you that you want to meet every single person in here. God, doesn't matter where anybody is, Lord. God, doesn't matter what anybody's done. God, you want to meet us where we are. And so, God, I just pray that you encounter each of your children in this place tonight. God, if there's a God that loves you so much, if there's a God that loves you so much that he'll die on a cross, why don't you reveal yourself to every person in here right now? God, just pray that everybody will experience your love. Everybody will seek 
your love. Everybody will seek and encounter you. God, that this isn't no boring Christianity thing where we read a big religious book and we worship an old God in the clouds. But God, we get to worship a loving, alive God who breathes life into us, who loves us, who heals people. I don't know any other God that does that. God, I thank you, Jesus, that you're so real. And I just pray that you become so real to every single person in this place tonight. And God, for the people getting baptised tonight, God, thank you for what they've, for the decision that they've made. And God, I just pray that you bless them as they take this step. God, just as they've had an encounter with you and they want to go into the next step of their faith, God, I just pray that you bless them. In Jesus' name.